Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is Kurt Flewelling, your host. We will definitely get to the issues of the day, but before we dove into those, I wanted to uh, talk about the subject of fear. Um, you don't really have to uh, go too far to uh, see and hear all of that these days, the radio, television, water cooler, if you're lucky enough to go back to work, if you're working at home. People are uh, obviously the coronavirus, uh, chaos in the streets, this pending election that we have in less than 90 days. Um, there's a lot of fear out there and fear can be good. Fear can be bad. So we're going to try to break that down a little bit, dissect it. Um, you know, regardless of where you are uh, ideologically, uh, if you're a Democrat, Republican on the left, right, whatever, there's fear to be um, uh, exported, if you will, for uh, political purposes and for education. And there's all sorts of fear, good fear, bad fear. And uh, I, I think uh, I know you cannot go wrong when uh, the fear of the Lord, and we'll get to some of those verses in a moment, is uh, paramount in, in your thinking. Um, then and only then uh, will you be able to clearly um, discriminate um, erroneous uh, facts out there that are scaring you for one reason or other, things that are scaring you in a good way into uh, into acting a certain way or motivating you to do something. So we'll um, we'll discuss good fear, bad fear, all of those things. Um, you know, the left uh, traffics in fear much more than the right does. Uh, if you want to first start with the political aspect of this, um, the coronavirus, uh, all sorts of, uh, disinformation being disseminated. Um, just stay under the bed. We'll tell you when it's time to come out and, um, your votes aren't going to be counted. Just, uh, we'll take care of that. Uh, us and the, uh, the, that reliable postal service, we're gonna, we're gonna handle all this glut of mail-in ballots and, um, you know, so everybody's all spinning like a woodchuck that got hit in the middle of the road with uh, fear about the coronavirus. Uh, we're uh, many of us, uh, thanks to our friends on the left, are afraid of the police. Police pulls you over. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that are convinced that uh, much of the police force is corrupt and they are to do you harm. So people are afraid of the police. Um, Trump's a fascist. That's a big one. Uh, people, they think he's a dictator. He, he's a fascist. He's Mussolini. He's, uh, his power grabs are, are day daily and uh, his executive orders are all over the place and he's a fascist. So pe people perpetually guys like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, they're whipping up fear and the masses, it has worked very good for the Democrat Party for a long time. The masses are much easier to manipulate when they are scared, when they are anxious, when they are angry. Uh, we're not talking about anger today, but um, fear is, is right up there. Um, emotion would be the umbrella over all of that. And when you are emotional... You are very ripe to do something wrong, to make a wrong decision, who you vote for, how you conduct your life. I mean, we could spend five shows on that. 
but you know, I, I'm not a hack for the Republican Party. Anybody that has heard this show for any degree of length knows that. And there's fear mongering on the right as well. Um, and some of it is bona fide, uh, healthy fear that we should have. And some of it is not. Um, Donald Trump, I think, and I've heard this from a number of people, I think he's making a mistake continuing to try to speak to his base and gin up his base. His base, as we have said on this show, and many people have said a million times, his base is going to crawl naked over chopped glass to get to the polls and vote for this man, uh, regardless of what he does, how he conducts himself in the next 90 days. There is a there is a block, a solid block of probably 40% of the electorate that um, will do whatever um, it takes to get him elected. And he will, um, whatever he does, it doesn't matter to them. And to continue to talk to them and, and spend a lot of time shoring up his base, if you will, where the fight in my estimation is really in that, um, you know, 15% of people that may not be too crazy about Donald Trump or Joe Biden that could be swayable one way or another. Um, that's where I think the fight is. Uh, but he continues to beat the, the fear drum of, uh, illegal aliens. Um, people are going to take your guns, uh, chaos, anarchy in the streets, and don't get me wrong, all of those are very important issues. And I happen to agree in large part with um, how those uh, three issues off the top of my head are very problematic. And they are, um, they are, you know, put out there by Mr. Trump to, to uh, invoke fear. And he is uh, presumably the antidote to that. I will calm the streets. I will, um, with my business uh, acumen, I will make sure that all the things are in place from the pharmaceutical industry and all these professionals to get a vaccine for the coronavirus. Um, I will build the wall. And, 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 you know, fundamentally, all those things are not that horrible. But for the purposes of our discussion, they are things that are designed to um, not only educate and make people aware of some of these crazy problems out there as, as if we needed that we can just kind of open our window and see the chaos going on here in Philadelphia but um, again fear is a motivator uh, for a lot of people on the right and the left um, as I said before you know fear in the Bible there are many many verses of uh, on fear there's fear of God, which we will um, hit Exodus twenty twenty in a moment. And, and then there's um, many verses in the Bible where God charges us not to fear. So if you're not steeped in the Lord, if you're not walking with Jesus, if you haven't um, been doing this for a fair amount of time, it can be confusing. Um, you know, so so that that's a good illustration right there. We'll, we'll hit some of these verses in a second that fear is not just one, you know, simple concept, uh, particularly in the Bible. The fear of the Lord is one thing, but then the Lord um, turns around and tells us numerous times not to be afraid. And the irony there is, or the oddity there is, the fear that we're not supposed to have 
is because of the fear we do have in the Lord. That's kind of wild, isn't it? But but that um, that's how it is. Let, let's just dissect this a little bit. Exodus twenty twenty is an illustration of that fear of the Lord. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so you may not sin. So we are charged to be afraid of the Lord who is sovereign over all. Um, but it's interesting, a byproduct of this fear, if we're walking with the Lord and, and, and the, probably a more appropriate word for those of you um, trying to understand all this is reverence. Um, a byproduct of walking with the Lord, revering the Lord, being afraid of the Lord and his mightiness um, is like Proverbs 1, seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, uh, you know, let's, let's dance back and forth as we do on this show many times between religion and politics. Um, there is one party, uh, both parties benefit from it, but there's one party that clearly benefits from the blunting of knowledge and the blunting of wisdom and instruction, and that is the Democrat Party. Uh, I'm not calling them the godless party and the Republicans are the God party. It's certainly very more complex than that. And as I've said on this show several times, I think the Lord has a much bigger problem with Republicans than Democrats, because um, at least until recently with the social justice movement or the Christian left, um, Democrats did not have the... Uh, the temerity to uh, quote scripture and, and speak for Jesus and all this stuff. Um, that's changed uh, quite a bit in the last few years, but, but Republicans historically have always been the um, God, mom, apple pie, uh, lower taxes, keep your guns type party. And, um, and so, you know, even though that's changing as well, uh, I, I think God's problem is when you um, use God to get votes and then you uh, govern or legislate in a manner that is contrary to his word. My personal belief is God has a bigger problem with that than a party that is quite adrift uh, as, it, as it pertains to biblical principles such as the Democrat Party, but I digress. Um, so we have Proverbs 1-7 if you fear the Lord, you start to become knowledgeable of, of, of his ways, of his principles. And that does trickle down into your everyday life. Um, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, I, I will say that um, if, if you keep your electorate or the people scared, um, uh, if you manipulate information and we just saw um you know facebook and uh, google and twitter and all these people on the hot seat um and many on the right accurately so charged them with manipulating information uh, blunting certain things and um, promoting other things if if we are going to going forward and i'll illustrate this a little later in the show get our knowledge from um the, uh, you know, the dubious sources on the internet or dubious information merchants out there are search engines, then, um, we're in trouble. 
And the more we focus on that, the more the fear of the Lord gets smaller and smaller. Um, knowledge and all of these things, uh, seeing something and knowing in our heart, if we're steeped in Christ, hey, that doesn't look right or that's wrong or this guy's a little off. Um, the less God we have and the more Google searches that we have, we can start to drift a little bit and our fear of the Lord or our um, uh, ignoring the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit charges us to see wrong and we just kind of overlook it because, yeah, it kind of looks wrong, but the opponent of the guy that's promoting that wrong happens to have an R next to his name and I hate his guts. Um, Not good stuff. We will conclude with one of my favorite verses that we have said uh, or chronicled on the show uh, several times, Mark 440. Um, and this is this is in the category of the myriad of, of uh, scripture that charges us not to fear. Uh, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And to give you some perspective there, um, the disciples and Jesus were in a boat on the sea and a pop-up storm came and it was quite violent and the disciples were terrified. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat and they woke him up and said, you know, uh, master, do you, do you, are you not concerned that we're going to perish here? And Jesus just spoke to the wind and rebuked it and told the old wind there to calm down. And um, then he says uh, to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, this is a direct, um, obviously rhetorical question, uh, but this is a direct, um, uh, uh, this stems from the disciples seeing Jesus in his miracles and his wondrous ways on one day and then the next day, just absolutely terrified and uh, saying, what are we going to do? We're going to die. And then Jesus kind of just chuckles, shakes his head and says, you know, guys, you saw me do this stuff um, probably 24 hours ago. What's what's up here? Why are we still afraid here? I'm, I'm with you. And Jesus is still with us to this day. So again, to be fair, easier said than done regardless of how steeped in the scripture you are or how long you've been walking with the Lord and how much you're praying. We all certainly have things in our life that scare us. Um, We turn the television on, the radio on, um, excuse me, any various podcast, and we we can become terrified. That's why uh, oftentimes we have to shut all that stuff down and we have to open the word of God and commune with God on a regular basis, on a deep basis. And all of these things uh, that are scaring the crap out of us, they are minimized. Um, Knowledge, perspective, wisdom, as we spoke of in Proverbs 1-7, starts to kick in. And we start to look at things a little bit more um, in in a discernible way, Not not as a Republican or a Democrat, but certainly uh, just a child of God that happens to be a Democrat or a Republican. So, you know, before we dive into uh, some of the uh, articles today that I have printed, um, 
I, I think it would be good uh, to uh, quote old Customato. I don't know if many of you know who Customato is, uh, if you're under the age of maybe uh, 45. But um, to give you a little perspective, I grew up in upstate New York and um, uh, Mike Tyson was kind of a street thug from uh, New York City. And he was just uh, at the age of 11, he was rolling uh, 15, 16 year old kids, beating them up and for lunch money. And he got quite a reputation on the streets for doing that. And Customato um, and Kevin Rooney was the trainer. Customato was his manager, kind of saw this kid and saw something special in him. And Customato was on the, the tail end of his career and um, almost like came out of retirement to to make a special project out of Mike Tyson. They took him uh, north about an hour and a half to uh, up in the Catskills and just kind of cleared his head a little bit and started training Mike Tyson. And um, Customato was just a great guy. And, you know, Mike Tyson was just rolling over opponents left, right, and crazy. And then uh, what happens when the money kind of flows in, um, oftentimes the, uh, the good, decent, um, wise uh, individuals uh, of the entourage kind of start to get crowded out and they either quit or get squeezed out by the leeches and the money mongers and um, happens to athletes, happens to entertainers happens to politicians, happens to everyone of power. And if you're not grounded in something good, true, um, uh, and positive, you could really lose all your money and all your focus. And Mike Tyson did seem to do that um, when Kevin Rooney left him and Customato uh, as well. I, I think Cus may have died. I, I'm not really clear on that one. But the reason I give you a little back uh, story on this is Customato was a great um uh, trainer of fighters and manager. And uh, it, he has many quotes out there. You can Google them and check them out. But I think his stuff on fear was really, really good. And um, if if you need to do anything when you're training someone to get in the ring with somebody that could kill you with one punch, um, it's got to be a petrifying thing to, uh, to do at, at that level. Um, fear is something that you need to really get your head around and teach your boxers or um, you're going to have some problems. So the custom model, one of his favorite or famous quotes on fear was, you must understand fear. Uh, fear is like fire. You can make it work for you. It can warm you in the winter. Um, it can heat up your food when you're hungry. It can give you light uh, when you're in the dark. And you can produce energy, but let go of the control that you have over your fear and it can hurt you. It can burn your house down. It can even kill you. So what custom motto is telling us that fear is not something that's categorically negative in the respect that if we have fear, we should blunt it, um, tamp it down run away from it. Uh, fear is, is often good if we see something that is coming and we need to deal with it head on. We need to prepare for it. Um, we do have a helper in the Holy Spirit that will um, guide us 
We have a Lord up above that will lead us, tell us to fear not. And the reason he tells us to fear not is because our trust and hope is in him. So fear is not necessarily categorically horrible, something we should always run from and and be um, angry with ourselves or ashamed of ourselves because we're afraid of something. We should face it. But if we let it consume us, and this coronavirus uh, pandemic is a perfect example of the perfect storm of individuals that uh, many of which are fearful by nature, uh, many of which do not know God at all, many of which um, their God is CNN and whatever disinformation they are telling them. Um, the God that they have uh, for wisdom and guidance may be a governor such as Andrew Cuomo or somebody else that is um, dealing in disinformation, twisting the truth, using a, a horrible, horrible pandemic for political purposes or to uh, enrich themselves or their county or their state. Um that's a terrible combination of fear because you are literally, I know people that are, are, you know, seemingly reasonable people, but they are so afraid. And this coronavirus has put them over the top where they're not thinking clearly. They're not rational. They're not doing things the way they should be doing them. And back to our original point here, the more time you are preoccupied with internet searches about, am I going to die of the coronavirus and going to outlets where they are purposely misleading you and voting for and relying on politicians that are purposely misleading you for their own benefit. Um, that and, and common sense would tell you the more time in a given day or the more, um, uh, portions of your brain and thought that you occupy with that, God is basically diminished on an hourly basis. So I, I, I kind of get this mental picture of uh, Jesus up there in a white robe with his hands folded like he's watching a ping pong match. He cannot get a word in edgewise. We we are not letting him in to um, to calm us to rely on him to, to separate truth from fiction. And it's really quite tragic. If there were any time that we really needed um, uh, a Lord and a savior and a God and, and to rely on him, it would be now. Um, so uh, we move on. So what, one of the things that I found was interesting is all those, uh, and we, we, I think we talked about it last week, all those individuals that were on uh, <clears throat> on the hot seat um, in Congress last uh, on Capitol Hill last week, Mark Zuckerberg and some others, um, the uh, CEO of Amazon, and and all of these individuals, uh, the the Twitter guy and uh, and someone else, um, uh, the 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 CEO of Google. Um, all of these individuals were on the hot seat and many conservatives, um, Jim Jordan, one of them was just flat out saying you are blunting certain thought and you are promoting other thought. And as I've said before, to the surprise of many in the audience, if they want to do that, 
they have a First Amendment right to do that. Um, now, if we drift into the monopoly thing, um, that's a little bit different of a story. But I always um, encourage and wait for competitors in the market to um, answer these problems. Uh, that, can anybody say Fox News in the mid-90s? There was such a monopoly on disinformation on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and that was it. And Rush Limbaugh kind of broke uh, open this this thing, and the floodgates started flow or started breaking, and the flood came through. And then we had this little thing that Al Gore invented the internet in the early '90s, and um, then we had the 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 really uh, whole scale uh, flood of the 24 seven news cycle in the early nineties to mid nineties. And Fox news was born and it was born uh, out of a need for um, as, as they say, fair and balanced news. Now, anybody that listens to me for any degree of time knows I'm not a big Fox news fan. I think they are uh, very, much more Republican than they are truth or conservatism. Um, I think they have really slapped around some great conservatives over the years, Rick Santorum, Ted Cruz. Um, but I digress a little bit, but there's certainly, this is, this is a very good example of filling a need for truth dissemination when people heretofore uh, Fox news ever came on the scene were really flying blind they didn't have uh, search engines to go to, and they certainly, ABC, NBC, CBS, was, and CNN were kind of all of the same, blah, blah, blah. Um, so if, if these entities that are uh, trafficking or, or, or making their money off disseminating information to you and I via the internet, you know, uh, rather than regulate them and complain about them, have have an entity that um, does not blunt certain conservative um, uh, points of view as as these entities do. So a really good example of this, um, <clears throat> just to give you a little tutorial, one of the big uh, big things in the news today or these days uh, is uh, mail-in voting, absentee voting, um, some consider them one and the same. There is a distinction, but, um, voting in general and the fraud that is almost assuredly imminent from doing this, um, is really something that, uh, Trump and others are really pushing hard to educate people that this, this is coming. Um, they have stepped into the legal process in Nevada to stop some things and this is um, this is a mess. This is a mess. This is a mess. I go back to Hugh Hewitt's book from several years ago. If it ain't close, they can't cheat. Um, the Republicans, Donald Trump, better hope that any degree of victories that they get in the House, the Senate, uh, and certainly the presidency in um, purple states or um, uh, swing states or battleground states, whatever you want to call them, um, they better hope that these margins are very, very healthy because with all of this um, coronavirus fear and the the fear of um, getting coronavirus is certainly something that the left has uh, used uh, 
as a tool uh, in so many ways, I can't even articulate all of them, uh, none the least of which is shelving Joe Biden in the basement, um, all under the uh, guise of safety for, for whomever, uh, you know, uh, his perspective, uh, uh, people in his massive crowds that he draws, I don't know. But um, when, when you hear what I'm going to read here from some of these, uh, if you just do a simple Google search for uh, mail-in voting to get educated, right? It's amazing the things that pop up first. And I don't know, why do they pop up first? I'm not a tech guy. I'm not um, a medium um, expert, but I, I really don't have to be. If, if I, you know, w- before I knew anything about any of this stuff and I did a Google search, I always went to page four, page five, page six, because I knew the truth was kind of there rather than the first five or six searches. Um, And if you just type in mail-in voting, these are, these are the first three things that I got. Uh, The first one was um, something from the voter participation center. Now, the voter participation center, uh, org was smart enough when they market, you know, they all do this. They all name, address, email, phone number. We want to send you a ballot. We want to get you registered. If you're not registered, seems innocuous enough, but, and this voter participation center, they're smart enough to know that if they use inflammatory words or if they use certain words that savvy individuals will recognize as, um, as, uh, you know, uh, to, to out their true intentions or, or, um, out their left leanings, then somebody that's an objective, um, voter or somebody that's just looking to jump into the political process may be put off by that. So the voter participation center website is pretty benign and, um, it seems pretty, uh, you know, innocuous. Um, we've registered more people in the mail than any other organization in the United States. Uh, the organization rigorously tests and measures its program, constantly improving its results. Um, it's your civic duty to vote, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff that if your head's not in the game, you could say, yeah, you know, that's, um, that's pretty innocuous, but all you have to do is go down and it says our leadership. And there's a guy named Tom Lopak, who's the CEO and the founder is Paige Gardner. Now Paige Gardner, she, her claim to fame and her biggest thrust is encouraging unmarried women to vote again at first blush. What's wrong with that, Kurt? Um, the way that they get unmarried women and young women to vote goes back to what the theme of the show is here. It's fear. And people like Paige Gardner traffic in um, people on the right are going to take away your reproductive rights. 
They're going to limit or curtail your right to get an abortion. They're going to um, not cover your contraceptives, a really expensive uh, outlay for most people, tongue in cheek here. Um, if you don't have a man in your life, sometimes it's a little scary and they, they do subtle ways of uh, frightening young women who may feel vulnerable if they're not married and they don't have a man that is there to, let me get old fashioned, protect and provide for them. What are you talking about, Kurt? I can protect and provide for myself. I'm sure you can, but um, the fear that Paige Gardner um, traffics in when she encourages quote unquote unmarried women to vote is, is a little, um, it, it, it's just, it's disingenuous. And we don't know that about, um, page or the voter participation center because they don't really wear their politics on their sleeve. And it's fortunate for Tom Lopek that he does not wear his politics on his sleeve either. When they give the bio of him, it just says he's worked for a governor of Montana. He's worked for a United States Senator. And it, it, it almost, they stop right there. Like that's, that's credibility enough. But again, all you got to do is Google the guy's name. Um, and he worked for Ted Kennedy. He worked for Bill Clinton uh, he's uh, successfully ran the John Tester campaign um, in Montana, who's a Democrat, Governor Steve Bullock, who's a, de a Democrat. Um, he is a flaming leftist, and he has been for many, many years, but they sanitize all of their leanings and just put out this very vanilla voter participation center thing. And if you're not careful you can really um, fall into something or promote something that may be uh, working against talking to the faith-based voters here, your, um, you know, values. Uh, the next one is, is not so subtle. This is uh, nrdcactionfund.org. And I think this was probably the first one that came up when you, um, Googled uh, mail-in ballots or, or vote from home or whatever. They titled this when you hit on it, um, vote safe, vote from home, request your ballot. And then they give you uh, some boxes to fill out and they'll send you a ballot stat. And, but they're not so subtle like the aforementioned group. They are, um, pretty overt. And again, fear, they are merchanting, uh, trafficking in fear, vote from home, request your ballot, vote safe. You're going to hear vote safe more times than you want to in the next 90 days. And that is by design. Um, you could, you could be wide eyed and naive and say, um, that it is, 100% designed for the health of our nation, the health of our elderly, the health of our children, whatever crap you want to put out there. But I'm telling you, vote safe and all of this stuff is uh, the, the primary reason for it 
is so you don't have to um, take the time and energy to get off your butt and find the polling place and go there that we will make it as easy as we possibly can. Um, if, if we have to fill out the ballot, we'll do it. Um, all under the guise of safety. And that's disingenuous. That is fear mongering. That is scaring people that are ignorant or apathetic or ripe to be scared. And it's just not right. So their paragraph, when they describe who they are, election 2020, are you uh, voter ready? And unlike the first entity, they just go right out with it and make no bones about it. If you were going to fight, if we're going to fight, talked much today. If we're going to fight climate change, protect clean air and water, demand environmental justice and healthy communities and secure our clean energy future, we need to win big on election day 2020. That means making sure we're all registered and ready now with a plan to vote safely during what promises to be a high turnout election. So I could go on with what their website says, but I, I assure you the word safety is used many, many times. And and just to be fair, Donald Trump uses it all the time as well. Uh, he charges us to put the radio on, the television on, look out the window, see what you see in the streets. Do you feel safe? Do you want to go to the city, have a cup of coffee or take your wife out to dinner? Can't do that with Joe Biden in the office. Um, I'll keep the streets safe. Um, so the left does it, the right does it. And um, you have to be very wary of who's doing it and why they're doing it. Lastly, um, and these are just the first three things that come up when you uh, Google uh, mail-in voting. This is from The Economist. Now, The Economist is not a doggedly left um entity but in 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 my travels and my research on them they they do like government intervention um so the first paragraph in um what americans should know and prepare um for voting by mail and and this this is um this is really much the same i see in three, four, five, six of these right off the top of my head, they come out of the chute very quickly and they throw cold water on individuals that even um, mildly suggest that this is a recipe for mass voter fraud. Um, so they, they try to throw a wet blanket and throw you and I under the bus or put us in a category where those loonies over there, everything's a conspiracy. And that's a way to get you not to look at the issues of the day, not to do your research, but to say, I'm a busy man. This guy's nuts over here. If he supports Trump and says that um, voter fraud is eminent, then I'm just going to not even look into it. I'm not even going to uh, entertain that thought, which is kind of wild because you really don't have to be a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative to um, just strain your brain a little bit 
and say, we have the United States Postal Service, um, not the finest well-oiled machine out there um, that is really going to be the, the folks that um, many of these elections are, um, their the election results are going to be uh, in the hands of. Um, that in and of itself, in addition to many other things, is, is really something to be concerned about. But this first paragraph um, in the Economist website says one of Donald Trump's special talents is to hold every conceivable position on a given subject at the same time. So it is with voting by mail in American elections. The president used a postal ballot to vote in Florida's Republican primary last month. He also denounced postal voting as an invitation to fraud. He has said voting by mail doesn't work out well for Republicans. And he has said that postal voting should be expanded for older voters and for members of the armed forces, two groups he assumes would favor him in November. Now, let me stop right there. Um, the article asserts this. I think it's true. And there's no problem with it. Um, both of those, those, those statements and positions are thoroughly consistent, although this author here tries to make them um, out to be uh, one's true and one isn't, which they're both true. The president's interventions have turned something that should be uncontroversial. Now, that's a, an outlandish statement. Um, voting by mail, by its uh, definition, has to be some degree of controversial. And when the author asserts, um, turns something that should not be con or should be uncontroversial. That's a that's a that's a crazy statement into yet another excuse for partisan warfare. America has a presidential election this year. It also has thousands of congre congressional, state, county and mayoral elections as the country. Here here comes the fear, ladies and gentlemen, as the country with the most recorded cases of COVID-19, it needs to start planning in case voters cannot get to polling stations. There is only one practical way to hold elections under these circumstances to expand the use of voting by mail. Again, um, COVID-19 is, is, um, is a terrible thing in and of itself. But when the smoke clears and we look at these absolutely anemic um, mortality rates, um, and that, that is not true with older Americans, we love older Americans, but um, to disrupt our economy to the tune that we have uh, done and to, to have abject chaos in so many areas of our way of life, and this is just one of them, and to just blame it on COVID-19 fears and scare people half to death is just so wrong. And um, my mission and your mission should be to just expose that to people that um, this is just wrong to do. So uh, any of these articles, sometimes they come right out of the chute with it. Sometimes as that one does, you got to wait a couple paragraphs, but the fear that you're going to get COVID-19 um, really justifies in the minds of these people that Donald Trump is making a big to do about nothing and that you should just mail in your ballot because it's too scary to go to a ballot, uh, to, to go to a polling site. 
And I just think that that is wrong. Um, this, as we said before, um, is from the Washington Post. This Democrats demand postal service reverse new rules that have slowed the delivery of absentee ballots. Again, a convenient problem um, that we have if the Postal Service is what it is, and people on the right and left know that, um, it works one of two ways. Um, either they get massive funding like they want, and they are the fine-tuned, oiled machine that people think they are, and they process tons of mail-in ballots most of which, um, a, a plurality at least, are, of which are for Democrats, then that's a win for Democrats, obviously. If, um, as the Democrats assert here, that the Postal Service has put rules into place that have slowed the delivery of absentee ballots, that sets them up to win on the back end of it by saying, this election that... Uh, showed Republican A, B, or C to be the winner is invalid. We must challenge this legally. And um, this is going to take a while. And we do not accept the results of this election or that election, or ultimately the, the, the biggest prize, the presidential election. So um, they're greasing the skids 90 days out that... Um, the Postal Service will not be able to handle all of these uh, mail-in ballots. And if they don't, people will dis be disenfranchised. They will contend that those people are old. Those people are of minority status. Those people are whatever. Uh, they always start quoting the groups that are disenfranchised by things like this. They never do that with the military. They tried as hard as they could, uh, our, our older uh, audience members remembering this 20 years ago, um, to blunt Al Gore did everything he could possibly do and his legal team to blunt the absentee ballots of military um, personnel around the world. Why is that? If, if we're all into every vote counts and we don't want anybody to be disenfranchised. Well, that's not true. Because, and it has changed, but at least at the time, military personnel vote uh, resoundingly for Republicans. Um, that has changed. That is not quite as um, much of a plurality for Republicans as it once was, but still, military ballots uh, are, uh, are something that Democrats don't really care that much about unless they are... Um, discounted or um, thrown out on technicalities of uh, insufficient um, uh, or dates that are passed when they should be postmarked and things of that nature. So this article says Democrat leaders on Capitol Hill told negotiators for President Trump on Wednesday that preserving funding for the U.S. Postal Service and removing new rules that have slowed delivery times are essential ingredients of a new coronavirus relief bill in a year when millions of Americans plan to vote by mail. So see what we're doing here. We are, um, this issue, as many others uh, today, 
are, are, are very much tailor-made for the Democrat Party. If indeed Trump caves in or Congress caves in and massive amounts of uh, funding for a shaky U.S. Postal Service are realized, and if these new rules that slow delivery times are abolished, then who does that benefit? That does not benefit Republicans, that benefits Democrats, win for the Democrats. If indeed um, the U.S. Postal Service does not get the funding that it uh, is asking for, and these rules are still in place that they want to be thoughtful with how they process these ballots, you may say that benefits Republicans, but in the end, when you have a burn it all down, overwhelm the system, chaotic uh, game plan, that benefits Democrats as well, because any election out there that is close, and there will be many, it is going to be so easy to just um, cry uh, fraud or the, ma- the the ballots did not get counted. And, and then we have a Cook County um, 60 years ago situation where we figure out how many ballots we need, we figure out how many votes we're behind, and then we just find them somewhere. And and you and I have heard uh, tons of stories in the year 2000, you know, 20 about ballots that are found in a uh, back of a pickup truck, ballots that are found in a basement and stop the presses. We have to uh we <laughs> we have to uh count these ballots. And it's uh, and and if we don't, these people are disenfranchised. Rules and regulations, if you haven't noticed, ladies and gentlemen, are in short order in this chaotic world that we live in. So, um, our friend Chuck Schumer, who you cannot uh, literally put the radio on or the television on without hearing or seeing this guy, it's it's amazing. Um, Chuck Schumer says, elections are sacred. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer told reporters after a meeting with Postmaster General Louis, um, I don't know if it's Louis or Louis, uh, DeJoy, to do cutbacks when ballots, all ballots, have to be counted. We can't say, oh, well, we'll get 94% of them. That's insufficient. Schumer said he and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi told DeJoy, along with Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, good conservative, that their demands regarding the Postal Service are necessary um, to striking a deal on broader relief bill that we may also include new unemployment benefits and payroll tax cuts. So you see, when you want something in Washington, the best way to get it if it's unpopular um, with the general public is to tie it into something else. Um, We live in a time right now where all you have to say is coronavirus, relief, unemployment benefits, people are hurting, and you've pretty much covered it all. And in a coronavirus um, relief bill, I think we're on number four or five. I can't even keep up with it. Um, If you want to forward something 
um, like revamping the postal service or giving them some funds or changing rules that, that help your party. And if that's unpopular, the best way to do it is to throw it into this soup and stir it around and call it uh, a coronavirus relief, whatever, whatever, whatever. And when you do that and you put it out there and Republicans say, we ain't doing that, then you have an issue. You you can demagogue that situation and and just jump up on a soapbox and say Dem- or Republicans are not for clean air, um, mom, apple pie, uh, not having people disenfranchised from their voting. Um, they, they want people hurting financially and with all crazy, stupid stuff. But there's enough people out there that believe that crazy, stupid stuff. And it's a win for Democrats. Um, it was a heated discussion, Schumer said, adding that the demand um, was, uh, he said, we told um, that to the postmaster that, that we really need this to be changed. DeJoy declined to take questions as he left Capitol Hill. Meadows suggested that Schumer is looking at the Postal Service as a fall guy to blame if ballots are delayed. I don't know that it's the postmaster general's position to assure him what's going to happen with the elections, he said. It's not a post office problem, Meadows added. It's a secretary of state problem in each state. And again, ladies and gentlemen, that that is the, anytime you are trying to fleece somebody or you have been fleeced, and, and you want retribution, you want, um, you want justice. Um, you and I know this to be the case when uh, just call some company that has overcharged you for something. Um, people start pointing to other people fast and furiously. And um, Mark Meadows is trying to put the focus back on where it needs to be, which is the attorneys general of each and every state to keep their elections um, uh, true and intact and um, noble and the way they should be. And when you introduce this crazy, everybody gets a ballot at home, even if they have not been registered for years, it's craziness in some states. And then to potentially in 90 days, blame a very weak, beleaguered, mismanaged, um, uh, postal service when your candidate doesn't win is just too convenient. And Mark Meadows is trying to educate people to that. Um, we will see if it works. Um, in the remaining seconds we have here, I, I think the best way to wrap this whole thing up is as I always do, um, keep your eye on the Lord, commune with him, read scripture, be quiet. Um, you have to acquaint yourself with the issues of the day. You have to do what I'm doing now and just pay attention to these things. However, we can't be overwhelmed with them. We can't be fearful. Um, God is in control. He knows what's going on. He knows what's happening in back rooms when people are laughing about um, trying to pull the wool over your eyes. He knows, he knows, he knows. God is in control and we will make it through this. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.